Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Joined by Dr. Jason van der Velde. Jason, you wanted to come in to have this conversation face to face um in your work you attend so many serious and fatal accident scenes across the county and as i said jason thank you for coming into studio jason you see what happens in car crashes Every day of the week, and we want to talk about that because we were a spate of it at the moment. And and it's a difficult conversation. Yes, and thank you for being here to have it. Yeah, I suppose we're getting statistics thrown at us at the moment, and I really wanted to put faces, names, feelings, and, you know, the human touch to those statistics, because every statistic we hear or read about represents a person, BJ, a family, a community. And while the number of fatalities continues to rise, you know, it's essential that we recognize at the most conservative estimates, there are 10 times as many individuals enduring severe life-changing injuries. And to put that into perspective, the 2019-2020 figures showed that there was about 1,411 major trauma patients nationwide from road traffic collisions alone. That's 1,411 families whose lives have been torn apart. And we as emergency responders, as it, you know, we are there from the onset for that traumatic uh, journey. You get the call. Yeah. You have the rapid response vehicle. You get the call. There's been a car crash. You go, what kind of things do you find, Jason? Well, look, um, we obviously experience the screams of agony that can never be resolved quick enough. We, We experience the person bleeding to death, the limbs ripped off, the brain matter splattered everywhere. Um, these are experiences of unimaginable horror and I won't subject anyone to the distressing details of, 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 of these moments, of the norm, of my Monday mm. or my Tuesday. You know, um, human nature is inherently inquisitive. And, and in the emergency services, we've, we often get faced with questions like, what's the worst thing you've ever experienced? And it's a question that I never answer. Um, and I urge people not to ask it of... of, of uh, uh, of emergency personnel because but it's you, enough to say you've know, seen you, it you yeah, name yeah, it you've seen you're exi- it yeah I mean, you're, ex- you, you're essentially asking us to relive the worst days of our lives as well okay and that is what I want to get across these incidents carry a profound toll on people's mental health they shatter dreams they shatter aspirations I've personally witnessed then 
the remarkable support, for example, that, you know, in the aftermath of of an, of an incident. Um, you know the sports star player. You know, you know all the friends and the team rally around him, and is in the immediate. And then, as time passes, as that individual finds themselves in a wheelchair, reliant on their their parents caring for them again, and you, you ask me to bear witness to the immediate, hmm. but that immediate is just a snapshot in time. It's nothing compared to the years that follow, and. That's something that isn't borne out by those statistics. That's something that isn't borne out by the horror that we witness when we go to a road traffic collision. Mm. It's the start of a really, really long, painful journey for the rest of a person's life. And I think so much of it is avoidable, and I'll come back to that. We, we don't really have that accurate information, do we? We hear about the road deaths going up, but in the last week it's very much in the news. But generally the data we have is quite old. Why is that? Yeah, so the problem lies in how we collect and define statistics. You know, road traffic statistics are fundamentally flawed because... You know, with the advancements and these are good things in emergency response and medical care, more people involved in these accidents are surviving and they go on to rehab. But sometimes, somewhere down the line, they then succumb to these injuries. And that's why whenever you look at data, it's always provisional. You know, it's because people die because of the accident, but they might not die at the time of the accident. Uh And that's quite important to understand. And, you know, our data comes from, this will shock you, Reviewing handwritten notes. Hmm? Yeah, exactly. Um, Why? Well, how? Why? That, that's because hospitals old, across that's old Ireland, school, like, yeah, that's we a- don't have a computer system, the national computer databases. Right? We just don't have them. We're still reliant on handwritten notes. And it doesn't mean we're not working on it. You know, there are dedicated teams around the country, professionals who are actively reviewing this data. We have full-time staff in the emergency department, CHU, are employed to collate and review data and provide accurate statistics. But you're not going to get the here now. Mm. What I'm taking from this last couple of minutes is when we hear the report of a, a fatal accident or an accident where someone is seriously injured, that's a moment in time. It's a snapshot. We're not hearing, because we don't hear the story of the broken life, that a person may be seriously injured at the age of 21 or 22. Their entire life is shaped from that moment on. Also, somebody else who is seriously injured, and we hear no more about them, they may die a month later, three months later, six months later, because of their injuries the, the real figures are actually far worse oh, than look, we read in the papers Jason is what I'm, what I'm hearing from you trauma accounts for more disability adjust, adjusted life years lost than stroke cancer and heart disease combined wow okay because it's a young person's disease I'll pause you there for a second because we hear and I do all the surveys and read all the headlines cancer Heart disease causes death, diabetes disables people, trauma does more harm than all these combined. All of those combined. Wow. All right. And so that's why it's fundamental. That's why in Cork we are investing in in the major trauma system. We have a major trauma program for Ireland. There's a lot coming that is good. And that's why people like myself are involved in this, why we're passionate about it. I mean, my life's purpose is responding to these tragedies in Cork's roads. And I'm fueled really just by a commitment 
to science to enhancing this emergency response, thereby mitigating against the long-term impacts of trauma, both the physical, the emotional, the financial, rather than fixating on the worst. I never fixate on the worst. That's why I can get out and do this job every day. Yeah. I look at our processes. I look at how, you know, I look at how we we approach that, in, that injury scene, I look at how the team works together, I look at the care that we can bring, the technology that we can bring it's all about making meaningful differences and we are making meaningful differences mm-hmm. because I'll give you another stat here alright, people, people bash our health system day in, day out mm-hmm. we subject our trauma data to the TAR network, which is the Trauma Audit and Research Network, which is a UK and Ireland-based network. Hundreds upon thousands of cases every year into this network. And you know where Cork performs? Mm-hmm. You tell me. We consistently perform well above average. Oh. It's funny that you should bring that point up because, you know, you and I have a, a mutual friend in Chris Luke and, and Chris has done this for 40 years and and he always says he said here in Cork and here in Ireland we're an awful lot better than we get credit for absolutely we have got some of the best people in the world in this region we have yeah we'll get back to the roads and the Taoiseach has said in the last week we need to improve road safety It, it, it it's, it's an ongoing conversation. They're looking at changing penalty point regimes. They're looking at more of these so-called flash-for-cash vans, speed vans, changing speed limits. All the politicians are looking for ways to fix this. And rightly so. Can it be done? Absolutely. I have the privilege of working closely with our dedicated guardie every day. And, and they are true investigators. They're deeply committed um, to understand the root cause of these tragic accidents. And it's crucial for society to realize that there is no hidden conspiracy. You know, there is a genuine effort by our police force to reduce deaths and injuries in our roads. And it's worth remembering that the guardie are often bearing that heartache of delivering that mm. devastating news to families affected by these accidents. They're the ones knocking at that door mm. at 2, 3 in the morning. You know, and from a medical standpoint, I wholeheartedly support the road policing unit's evidence-based approach to law enforcement, tackling offences and behaviours that directly contribute to fatalities and injuries. And that might not always align with public sentiment. Mm. And it's unquestionable what saves lives. Targeting, driving, distractions. It's mobile phone use, Mm. right? Cracking down on drink and drug driving. That saves lives. Ensuring roadworthiness of vehicles. Managing speed. Mm. Now, we can debate the speed till the cows come home. But those are the fundamental things that will save lives. So I wholeheartedly support the road policing unit in what they're doing and we need to have these strategies. Look at speed for a second. Let's talk about changing the speed limits, reducing them. Would you be in favour of that? Well, it's everything when it comes to an impact. Mm. All right? And I'm talking about vulnerable road users here. We mm. need to slow things down in some places, but equally there's good and, there's good arguments for speeding things up in other places. Mm. You know, to enable traffic to move more freely because you know yourself, frustration kills. Mm-hmm. And frustration is a big one of the biggest distractors on our roads. So anything that reduces distraction, anything that speeds up traffic flow, that's worthwhile. Mm. But we have to learn to slow down where pedestrians and vulnerable road users use the road side by side. If you ram into somebody at 30 kilometers an hour, they might not have the same chance. If you ram into somebody at 40 or 50 or 60, 
that's game over. Yeah. How do we get it into people's heads to slow down? Do we have to enforce it? Because people call up me, me, me up here and they say, ah, sure, all these rules and penalty points, it's, it's all to gather revenue. But it's not, is it? It's to make the roads a safer place. We need to look, particularly when it comes to those young drivers, 16 to 25, who, who take disproportional risks. That, I mean, obviously, that's part of growing up. Yeah. But when you add peer pressure into the mix... That's fatal, you know? So how do we empower our young people to make the right choices, even when they're in a car with someone they admire, look up to, perhaps fancy? How do we ensure they have those life skills um, to make the safe alternatives? Hmm. We need to be innovative. We need to find innovative ways to address challenges, providing young people with the knowledge, the tools, the options they need to stay safe on the road. And it's complex, you know, but, but, but tackling it from an empowerment perspective, we can make significant strides in road safety. I mean, look at the issue of mobile phones. Mm. You asked me to describe my, my, my true fear at the start of this. Some of my worst memories, and it's, it's truly distressing to arrive at a mangled car with a young person who has been seriously injured or worse, still holding onto their mobile phone with that frantic friend still on the video call. That, PJ, is what haunts me. Oh, God. Oh, God. Still in the car. Why though? You, 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 and it's the psychology thing. There is no my 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 wife and I were talking about this over the weekend. I told her you were coming in to chat with me. There's no need for anybody to be holding a mobile phone while they're driving in 2023. Absolutely not. None. I mean, there's engineering solutions to all of yeah. this. There is safe systems like CarPlay or or the Android version of 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 of, of that. Mm which work, which reduce the distractions. Distractions are everything. Yeah. But we live in a society where we, where we have to be distracted all the time, don't we, PJ? Mm. And, I mean, look, look, look at the pub. We're not having a good chat over, over the table without our mobile phone in our hand. Mm. Society has changed, and we need engineering solutions to get away from that, to reduce those distractions whilst we're doing something in a car. And I actually... I think that we won't get there. I think human nature is so... The need for constant connectivity is so distracting that until we engineer driverless cars and take the human out of the equation, I don't think we're going to tackle these these Mm. statistics. What I'm hearing from you, uh, if I'm interpreting you correctly, is that the mobile phone is one of the most dangerous things ever to happen to driving. There's no question about it. 20 to 30% of all collisions in our country are attributed to distractions. You know, the use of mobile phone while you're driving, it, it's, you're four times more likely to be involved in the collision. Even if it is on CarPlay, it's just the fact that you're having a conversation, you are concentrating on having the conversation, you are not diverting all your attention to the road. We have become very used to the whole hands-free thing. Are you suggesting that even that is too much? Even having a call on the speakers while I'm driving? I'm not suggesting it. The statistics are suggesting it. Yeah. This is what we're getting from these fatal or serious road traffic collisions. Distractions. And we've well, got to work on a way to, to resolve these distractions. Yeah. It's milliseconds. Absolutely. 
Yeah, there's an ad. There are some very powerful ads on television over the last number of years. There was one involving a, a mobile phone where a guy's completing a text and then there's a bang. That's it. It's a, it's a look down once. You know, and Ireland is leading the way in, in road safety campaigns. There's mm. no question about it. I mean, some of the advertising campaigns that are out there are phenomenal. They're, they're used worldwide. Mm. So we, we're producing all the good literature. We're producing all the stats. We are producing all the good advertisements. But ourselves as a population are still not listening to it. So that's when I say education is not everything. It's empowerment. And I don't have all the solutions to empowerment. But I think we need to start shifting that and empower people. Mm. If you make someone's life easier if you target law enforcement appropriately if you ensure that it is evidence-based approaches to road safety i think that's the way forward stay with me on the mobile phone for a second i'm I'm old enough to remember a time when you didn't have to wear a seatbelt. now if you say that to someone of 20 years of age now they look at you as if you'd walked in off off a different planet we learnt you have to wear a seatbelt. Can we teach people, Jason, not to use the mobile phone in the car the same way as we taught people you have to use a seatbelt? Well, that was a mix. That was a mix of enforcement, education, Mm. and empowerment. So, seatbelt use, I hate to say this to you, Go on. but seatbelt use is going down. Get away from it. And... This, you know, now this, I'm now, watching people getting pa- ejected. Pause a second here now, Doctor. I would have thought that seatbelt use was almost across the board. Everybody did it. Because as I say, I remember learning that you had to. So it's now second nature, I would have thought. If anyone, You're telling me seatbelt use is declining. Seatbelt use is declining. We're going to accidents now where people are being ejected because they've not been wearing the seatbelt. That's mad. That same message of drink driving, when it was acceptable to go out to a rural establishment, have a few pints, and just, sure, it'll be grand, the house is only up the road, all right? Mm. And you remember how that declined with time. Did? Well, what's that replaced with now? Drug driving. Oh, right. Okay, and so now... Cocaine use is ubiquitous. Look, Chris has spoken to you at that uh, at length. Yeah. And people still think it's acceptable. Prescription drug use. Mm-hmm. The thing the doctor prescribes for your anxiety and your nerves. Well, that impairs your driving. And people still think it's absolutely fine because the doctor prescribed it that we can go and drive after taking Valium, Diazepam, mm-hmm. taking strong opioids for pain, for chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Right? Those impair you. So drink and drug driving are a major major stumbling block and of course thankfully now it's only recent we've we've got the um, you know those swab tests the guardian are now able mm-hmm. to do for drug driving and so that will undoubtedly save lives but there is that you know you have to have the stick you have to have the enforcement but we have to have empowerment and i don't have all the solutions with empowerment i can only bear witness to the horrors but there's a lot of clever people out there that can work out what would motivate you. So I say this to you, what would motivate you to not drink and drive? What would motivate you to wear a seatbelt? What would motivate you to put your mobile phone, not on silent, not on speaker, Away. but switch it off? Hmm. Yeah, what would, do you think? I don't have these answers. Hmm. But you see the mess. I can only bear witness to the horror. Yeah. 
No, it's a very sobering conversation, Jason. The, like, the numbers were going down. We were doing well. The numbers were going down. Now they're going up again. I'm which, hoping it's just a blip. You're hoping it's a blip, but I, I, I sense, and I'm glad we're doing this face-to-face. I'm looking in your face, I'm thinking, you don't think, you hope. You don't think it's a blip. You're seeing evidence of behaviours that are causing this. Look, behaviours are, 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 are declining, particularly with, with drug use and, mm. and, and drug use being seen as acceptable nowadays. It's just deemed acceptable to go and have a few yolks or to take some cocaine. It's seen as acceptable behaviour. What our kids are being presented with on social media changes the norms. Mm. And I don't have the answers. I don't know why. Mm. Why is it so addictive? Why, why have this phone in front of you? you know, why is it okay to snort cocaine and think that you can drive? Yeah, because you wouldn't. You wouldn't go in and drink four or five pints and get into your car. You just wouldn't. No. But you'd start a line of coke off a tabletop and drive. And that's deemed to be acceptable by some people. Very stark. Can I just lighten it slightly before we finish? How does a guy from Cape Town, South Africa, end up minding us on the roads of Cork? How did that happen, Jason? I've never had the chance to ask you before. Ah, uh, look, it's Mel, isn't it? You know, it's it's the Irish society being so open and welcoming. You know, I've got uh, five children. Mm. Really accepted into this community. How long have you been here? 16 years now. Right. You know. And did you come on spec? Come on a holiday? Come and meet someone? What happened? Uh, look, I, I came and did my trauma fellowship in anesthesia originally here in Cork. Right. Through Prof Shorten and at CUH and... I just stayed. The welcome, the ability to bring up a child in a safe and caring environment. And that is what Ireland is. We have wonderful community. We have Mel. We look after each other. And so I only just bring these trauma skills, you know, but it's far more than that. The community around me in West Cork Rapid Response, uh, you know, the charity that I respond for, you know, there's such caring. Mm. We're never wanting for anything. You know, the community is there, and it, that is what it's all about. It's about, about Mahal, it's about community. Ireland is a wonderful place to bring up a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm absolutely privileged to be allowed to practice here. And we're privileged that you've made it the place that you want to practice. Jason, thank you for your time. Thank you, Cheers. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jason Van de Velvel, see you, mate. See you. See you. Get back to the busy, the busy front that you work in every single day. 0818-96-96-96. We mentioned, mate. Stuff and Jason, they're talking about ads that used to be fairly stark and fairly frightening. We make good ads in this country. We have traditionally made very good ads about road safety. Two spring to mind here. Uh, now, these were visual for... Te- Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Television, but because there's a, a voiceover to them, they work well for radio. This is another doctor like uh, Jason Van de Velde. This is Dr. Jerry Lane speaking on a Road Safety Authority ad. If you don't wear a seatbelt, you're eight times more likely to be ejected from your vehicle. And that's very bad news. Most ejections don't get to me at all because I've hit the road at 100 kilometres an hour. And they don't have a graze, they don't have a face. They may not have a head or limbs. They're just spinning down the road, dead. And what happens if you wear your seatbelt the wrong way is equally mind-bending. If you're crazy enough to wear your seatbelt under your arm, and if you reach me after a crash... It will have sliced into you like cheese wire, lacerating your vital organs. And with children not properly restrained, it's even worse. Smashing forward through the windshield, brain damage, spinal injury. And believe me, spinal injury is not just for the weekend, it's for life. And that's a Road Safety Authority ad featuring Dr. Jerry Lane. Here's another one, again uh, voiced by Dr. Lane. When the ambulance rushes somebody in from a car crash, the family come into the emergency department expecting what they see on TV. But this isn't TV, this is real life. And when the team and I have finished the fight to save someone's life, it's the cleaning ladies who scrub the blood off the floor and pick up the pieces. When I declare someone dead, I phone the coroner, I gather myself for a few moments, and then I go to see the family, usually the parents. This is the worst possible news for you. We've done the best for your son, but sadly now he's dead. And you see those people dissolving, their lives dissolving, just falling apart. If you're a young road user, in love with life and fun, you don't ever want your mum to meet me doing my job, do you? And again voiced by Dr. Jerry Lane. Very stark ads, and I think we should have more of them. And you know what happens with social media now, where before you watch a video or on YouTube, you watch a video on YouTube, they should be the ads you see on YouTube, not ads for, for silly stuff. Ads for that, like that, should be on YouTube, where young people get most of their content. TikTok carries ads. Stick them on TikTok. Frighten the living out of people. It's about time we started doing that again. Um, Mick says on the cocaine, the issue of cocaine, which came up, in that conversation, I think if you take cocaine, you don't think anyway, says Mick. Uh, Craig, the number of drivers driving modern cars with Bluetooth capability and still holding their phone is astounding. I drive for a living and I see it every day. It needs more enforcement. They should follow the UK and have an unmarked HGV policing the roads. I, I've seen it. 
I have certainly seen it. People going around in very modern cars, far more modern than mine, going around in very modern cars with the phone clapped to the ear, and there's no need for it. None at all. Rose, morning. Good morning, PJ. That like was a very say? stark interview. It was excellent. It just, wasn't it just? Yeah. yeah. And it brought to mind, I use the N25 going east to uh, Middleton, and I use the N71 going west, and I'm a regular in Blarney Gardens, so I use the road up by Shanakeel Church, which is 60 kilometres the whole way. Mm-hmm. Now, try and do that now, particularly the weekend you'd want nerves of steel, because there's a continuous white line, and I feel in a lot of times, especially maybe if there was a learner driver or a new driver, other motors can almost force them to go faster. Yeah. Because I have seen it particularly going east now on the N25. Before the tunnel, there's a 60. After the tunnel, there's a 60. It used to go to 80. Now it goes to 120. I can tell you, you would want nerves of steel now to keep to that 60. Mm. Because... People beep you. They go right up to your bumper. I had a very large vehicle, you know, with the row of lights in front. Yeah. Come right up behind me, beep the horn, flash all those lights. And I often said how I'd love to have a sign that would come up on my back window saying I am doing the speed limit. Mm-hmm. because I am finding it more and more. It can go, no matter what speed you're doing, cars will pass you out. But the 60 the 60 makes people absolutely irate. And and now, if we to listen to Jack Chambers this morning, the minister, that 60 will apply on a whole load of other roads very soon. Well, I challenge any, the, any of the listeners now someday if they're, if they're in a 60 zone. Even um, the link road, they're going into the tunnel, they're 60 a bit back there yes, or yeah. after it. I can tell you, you will not get a good reception and they will fly past you. And they call that the fast lane, but the speed limit applies to both lanes. That's only overtaking. I I was only coming into that tunnel the other day, Rose, and I observed that sign. I I can't remember where I was going or what I was at, but I was coming into the tunnel, saw the 60. I'd been doing about 68, 69 coming up to it. Just tap the brake gently to ease the car down. Mm. And I Mm. nearly got lifted by another oh, I'm fellow behind you, me. Now, I must say now, on the link road or any of those roads, 60 is nearly stopping, isn't it? Like, oh, it's it is very, very slow. slow it's very, 60, yeah, it 60 is 40. 60 is 40. Yeah, yeah you, like you're crawling. And people would glare at you and everything. And I'd say, God only knows what they're saying. But like, no matter what, 80 has a similar effect. Not doesn't go down well. But like, if... No matter what speed you're doing, if it is 100, even 120 going west, they'll still pass you out. People will, they don't, I don't know, is that that, are they not looking? Are they not aware? I don't know. No, no. But definitely 60 and 80 brings out the worst in people. Yeah. And when that big vehicle came up to my bumper with the beeping and the flashing of lights, that was scary because it was towering over me, you know? Yeah, that's terrifying. That is terrifying. That is terrifying. And he couldn't pass me out because they were all passing out on the other lane. And you can imagine what they were saying. Now, I notice if cars, they're probably going to the ferry, maybe. Uh, Cars with uh, foreign reg plates, they keep, in my experience, they will keep to the speed limit by and large. And I'm always hoping I'll be behind behind one of those and I won't be blamed for it. I know. Rose, thank you very much for that. You're right. It's difficult to drive within the speed limit. My wife, the Queen Bee, is a very careful driver. A very careful driver. More so than me, I would have to say. Uh, And she insists on driving within the speed limit 
at whatever speed she's comfortable at. She'd tell you, particularly on an open road, if she's driving for work on a country road or an open road, and she's doing the, the 80 or she's doing the 100 or whatever, that she's been surrounded by people who just want to blow her off the road. And and that is true. Rose is right. Thanks, Rose. Noel. Hello. Hi, Noel. You had a near miss, had you, lately? Oh, I had a near miss there in, in this last week. Um, I was going down to see my son there uh, last week, and uh, they put in a nose zebra crossing there as you go into the town of Ennis. Yes. And they have the lights, the pole, the lights and everything. But anyway, on this occasion, and I was walking across the zebra crossing, and I was nearly three quarters away, honest, and I happened to look to my left, and a car came driving over. Had I not looked, I'd have been bold. And I could see the girl inside the car putting her hand up. And I said, oh, jeez, I, wa I wasn't paying attention. Mm. But behind her, at the other side of the zebra crossing, was a square girl. With the girls and the bengals inside it, I stopped. And I pointed to show him, did you see what happened there? Mm. And he looked at me inside in the car, and he just waved me on. Yeah. No. I think their attitude... When it comes to speed and careless driving, I would have expected the lights to have gone on and maybe stopped the car after you go over the zebra crossing mm. and give her a rollicky. No. Yeah, at least have a, have a word with her and say, do you, do, you, do you see what nearly happened there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. If I hadn't looked to my list. Now, on another occasion, last year, there was a young lad crossing the zebra crossing. He had a step and a half on the zebra crossing, the same one. And I could see a red car coming. And I beat the harm, the young fellow looked to his eyes, got back onto the hoopad. He'd have been bold. He'd have been bold. But yeah. with the point I'm making is the attitude of those two girls inside the squad cars left an awful lot to be desired mm -hmm. when they're on about safety and, and, and be on the roads and all that shit. Mm. The only thing I would say about that, Noel, is they, they would have su suggested that, well, nothing actually happened, which is a good thing, and to pursue her might be dangerous. No, because you see, the, the lights above, you see, above the zebra crossing were right, so there was about eight cars. I have you. You so see, they could, and they at, the other side, at the other side of the zebra crossing, which was the zebra, which was the garden's car, now he could have just kind of put on the lights and got out and look and you nearly knocked down a pedestrian. But yes. for him just to wave the other. Sure, so I went across the pattern and I put on my head. And I couldn't believe it. And I put my hand to my head and I looked back at the car. And with the credit, there was the bang there and she gave me a stubby look inside the car. <laughs> no. Yeah. The point I make in life is, is, is if these people are there out about driving and all that, but an awful lot of the accidents, PJ, is pure carelessness. Mm, I think you're dead right. I think you're right, Noel. Thank you for that call. Yeah, I, I only mentioned this. I think I said it before. I was on the Ring of Kerry a couple of weekends ago up there by, if you know it, you know it, beautiful part of the world, gorgeous part of our country. Uh, ladies' View up there in the, in the Ring of Kerry and very busy. Coaches, cyclists, cars. And as I was coming down out of it at about, I suppose it would have been four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, the, no, the amount of just stupid driving, stupid, stupid careless driving of people and if you know it you know it that's a narrow road there's a white line and people coming around those bends and two wheels over the white line 
stupid, careless driving. Noel is right. 0818 96 96 96. Uh, PJ, when you... When you're speaking with Dr. Jason, can you please say thanks to him for me? He saved my life last year. I was in a serious RTC on the Ringeskiddy Road, still recovering, but alive, thanks to this fantastic doctor. That is from Rob. There are many stories of people who have just they've gotten to hospital and their lives are saved by Dr. Jason Van de Velde. So many people, so many people say... To have him, when you hear his voice at the side of the road, yes, you're in a lot of trouble, but you couldn't be in safer hands. There's talk in the news today of the speed limits coming down pretty much everywhere. I think that's a great idea. I'd be very happy if that happened. Uh, I live in Carrigaline on the back road into Carrigaline, and every day I travel to Grange, Mm -hmm. um, and the back road, the the speed limit is 60, be up as far as the cross, the Ballinway cross. Mm-hmm. And then beyond there, it goes to 80. But after the lane, up to Doug Turn right, up to Douglas, mm-hmm. the speed limit changes to 50. It does. I know the road like the back of my hand, yep. Terry, so yep. you're talking to a local, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I travel that twice a day, every day. And there is not one time I travel a journey that someone comes right up behind me. I go to 50 when it's supposed to be at 50, and someone comes right up behind me trying to push me forward or, you know, they just don't realise it. Um, a few months ago, I had a near miss because I was going back from Car- from Donnybrook to Carrigaline um, and just, there's a little a sort of a bungalow cottage on the left as you're going from Car- or Donnybrook to Carrigaline. Mm-hmm. On a corner, on a bend, with a continuous white line, I was, uh, a jeep overtook me uh-huh. because I was going within the speed limit. Uh. Now I do have a dash cam, mm. um, but I, I I I just I was so shocked I couldn't believe it. Yesterday I was even coming home yesterday from Grange to Carrigaline, and there was um, a guy in a, a, a looped up car who nearly spun my car because he was travelling so fast down the road coming towards me from Carrigaline back into Douglas. Yeah. I would just love if the speed vans would sit there because they would make a fortune. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, Terry, that mm-hmm. Jack Chambers, the, the minister responsible, junior minister, which, by the way, I think is an absolute disgrace that this is a, just a junior minister when mm-hmm. we have such an emergency on our roads. Anyway, that's by the way. Like, Jack Chambers is bringing these ideas to cabinet. It, it looks as if it'll be waved through and they can put it into action in the space of, of a couple of weeks or months anyway. Mm-hmm. But the, the lunatics you're talking about, they don't care. It's enforcement, I think, is the big, huge issue. It's enforcing the law. That's mm. the law, like, the law is, is the law, but yet there's nobody enforcing it, mm. you know? Um, also, if, if, if I had my way, I would also put um, speed cameras or cameras on all traffic lights, pedestrian lights, all sorts of traffic lights. I, yesterday, I saw someone break a red light on the way out of my, you know, up by Dunowen in Carrigaline. Yeah, well. The red light was there. Places crowded with children going walking up to school. Um, a lady or a little boy waiting to cross, mm. and some person was coming down from Donnybrook into into Carrigaline, went straight through the red light. No, yes. I wasn't. I, I didn't have that on the dash cam because there were two or three cars behind me. I was stuck in, uh, you know, the traffic going up. To, uh, we were, they were stopped at the red light. Mm. 
but this person still drove through the red light. So, like, you know, with recent events, um, everything like that recently, in especially in that area, you know, it's a school area. Mm-hmm. I would have no... Uh, I'm a resident there. I live there 25 years. And I, I think it's... They should be slowed down, but the law has to be enforced as well. Okay. All right, Terry, thank you. Good call. 0818 96 96 96. Maeve says, dropping the speed limits will make no difference. Most drivers have a sense of entitlement that they think where they're going is more important than anyone else. And they're the only people on the road. I think basic road rules and manners is gone and that aggression is still there, says Maeve. Sean, PJ, everyone wants to lower the number of road deaths, but where will all these speed vans go? Will they be in accident black spots? Or, as we both know, will they be put where they can make the most money? Just when 80 goes down to 50, when 50 goes down to 30. They'll argue if it saves one life. It's that money was spent hiring more doctors and nurses, they could save hundreds. Put the vans where speeding happens most. That'll save the most lives. But we all know that will never happen, says Sean. I see where you're coming from, Sean. I do. I do. But you people ignoring the speed limits like Terry just said, do you know? One of the most unusual places I ever saw speed cameras was in the valleys of Wales, among the most beautiful roads you will ever drive through some of the most gorgeous countryside you will ever see the valleys of Wales. You don't need to know how I ended up driving 100 miles through the valleys of Wales one day, but I did. And I remember stopping into a little pub for a sandwich and a, and a coffee, and I was talking to the guy at the counter, and I'd seen a load of these speed cameras. I said, you're a stranger. I said, I am. He said, be very careful of the speed cameras. I said, speed cameras out here? He said, yeah, loads of them. And he said, the speed cameras out here will catch you between the villages, on the tiny roads. They're hidden, he said, and they'll catch you. Uh, And that was the way to do it, in the the valleys of Wales. I can't come on because my son would kill me, but I've impressed upon him all my life that the speed limit isn't a target. But when he did the test, he failed because he wasn't driving fast enough. What kind of crazy situation is that? I'll be putting in a complaint. Now, Richard Rice is chair of the Castle Close Residence Association. Remind me again, Richard, where this is. This is near, I think. Is it Sculver Gun Small in Blarney? Morning. Yes, good morning, PJ. Yes, it is quite correct. It's um, right, in fact, the, the, school, the school is actually at the north side of the estate. Mm, okay. Our, okay. Our, our estate is you, facing the GA pitch, in you, fact. You can't miss the school, but I wasn't too sure where the park was. So you're, the, the, it's almost at the edge of the park. Yes, indeed. Indeed, yes. What's your concern? Our concern is that um, since the school has been um, demolished, or sorry, sorry, say the school construction went down for the last couple of years, we've had an influx of end plate drivers coming into our estate and parking all day. Mm-hmm. And we found that generally every term, the number of plates was getting more and more number of this has been exasperated as well by other things. And um, we also have another school at the other end of the estate, which is a primary school, and people drive through from the, what we call the hedge road, which is the link road between the two roads in Blarney. Okay. And they, they drive into the primary school at quite a speed as well. Mm-hmm. We also have um, people coming in to the estate, the dropping children off mm-hmm. and collecting them as well 
and just caused a lot of confusion. Mm. However, uh, since the new school has been demolished um, and the new school was built, now they are demolishing the original school and the car park. Nice. And we were concerned that the teachers would have no place to park and that we felt they were going to come into our estate and start parking on top of the students. So we, we set up a committee and we had a, what we call a visual presence where we put out some uh, traffic cones yeah. around the estate in, in, in various points. And we had a little visual presence in the morning time there for about 10 days where we had a sign saying, residence parking only, please. Yeah. And to try and divert people away from the or, or state. Mm-hmm. But on, on top of that also, in the planning permission, which was issued back in October 16, proposal number 24 was the school shall fully implement the proposed school travel plan. Yeah. This shall be extend, extended to include the monitoring implementation and enforcement of measures to prevent school traffic parking in the residential sections of Castle Close Housing oh, Estate. So it's in the, it's in the agreement. That, yeah. Yes, yeah. and it's in the interest of road safety. Yeah, okay. As and you were just am, talking am right about safety. Thinking, yeah, am I right in thinking that, am I picking up correctly from what you're saying, that the new, the new school Viragon, small point of a better expression, doesn't have, car, doesn't have parking? At the moment, because they demolished the old school and the car park that was in front of it. And they're at the moment carrying out a lot of uh, extensive underground drains and so right. on and so on. One, one would hope that down the road, or down the line, there will be a car park to take the pressure off your estate. The original um, plan was for 110 car parking spaces for teachers only. Mm. When we had the discussion about the school back in 2016, when we were first notified of it, at a residence meeting with the school and the engineers and architects, this was stipulated that be 110 for students only, and at the time it was stated that students do not have cars. Yeah, so it's something that we'll watch. Um, it's certainly people are concerned um, about it, Richard. Um, wh- where is the situation going to go now? Your local reps are across it, I think, to make, to see that there isn't is, that people are kept safe. Yes, yes. But the whole thing is that we want our estate to be safe for our children. It was predominantly for many years a pretty elderly population. But now in the last few years, we have quite a number of young families coming in. Mm-hmm. And we have small children playing there as well. Right. And we're trying to cut down the amount of speed going through the area. Yeah, and the amount of, and the amount of traffic that isn't is in residence traffic. Thanks, Richard. I'll leave it there. That's Richard Rice, who's chair of the Residence Association at Castle Close in Blarney. That's a concern we'll watch. Corks 96 FM. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.